0: To be in there, like all I Josie Wills. Spinning the bag, on not be tough as nails. Everybody else, fine with the law. You better run. The cops get caught for showing now, all I China kills. They talk shit, you're gonna whoop their ass. Shine a jack.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Tailgate Country podcast. We're going to be joined soon uh, with one of our longtime friends, longtime friend of Tailgate Country, one of the one of the OGs. His name is Mark Leach. He's from Ohio. Um, super cool dude. Really experienced. Um, he's been around. He's, he's got a ton of music out there. Pretty popular guy. Uh, you might know him from last year's summer anthem, Drinking Claws. <laughs> uh, but he's got a lot of other more serious, uh, really good stuff out there. But before we get to them, um, Brian, you have something for our listeners. We do. So we have teamed up with our friends over at Southern Creek Clothing.
0: They are an outdoor apparel company founded in 2019. Southern Creek Clothing prides themselves on quality Southern apparel and great customer service. They're offering a special discount to all of our listeners, every single one of you, to use the code TGCOUNTRY for 20% off.
1: And also for like the next week while we're still in november um they're offering an additional 20 percent off on the entire website they're coming out with a whole bunch of new stuff for the holidays it's great holiday gift we all have uh southern creek clothing um really well-made shirts they're very comfortable um they they just fit right i don't know i I like them their hats are the best too the richardson brand which uh to, to me is the best hat um hat maker out there but uh one more time brian what is the uh code it is TG country, TG country, all caps, no spaces. And because we usually just jump into it, um, we've had a website out for a couple of weeks now. And for some reason, uh, we haven't been promoting it on our podcast, but head on over to our brand new website. It is tgatecountry.com. You can find podcast links there. Uh, we release articles two or three times a week about our guests, new music releases, so much more. Um, I'm proud of it because I made it. And so I want everybody to and go. you did kinda... a hell of a job and I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> and
0: I get to uh, catch on reap, to and, reap, the reap benefits anyway. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> the coattails. Um, but yeah, no. My check name's out- still on the website. <laughs> Your face is on the website too. Yep. Um, I did nothing. But yeah, check out a whole bunch of info out there uh, that we don't have on our Instagram, that we don't have on our podcast, because honestly, there's just not space for it on either of those things. But it is tgatecountry.com. And again, for 20% off over at Southern Creek Clothing, use TG Country. Uh, for 20% off. But here he is, our good friend, Mark. Leach. We'd like to welcome on um, a recurring guest from boy, way back in the day from uh, tailgate country 1.0, as Brian calls it. He's (laughs) from Ohio. His name is Mark Leach. One of our longtime friends here, Mark, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good guys. How are you doing?
1: We're good. Good. We're good. good. We're
2: excited to have you Thanks on. Thanks for having me
1: on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last time we talked, we didn't really get to dive too much into your story, um, you know, and and who you are. So tell us about your journey, some early influences, maybe some major life events and how you got to be where you are today. Wow.
2: Wow. That's a whole lot. Um, yeah, so I grew up in uh, a town called Barberton, Ohio, and uh, my family owns a Butcher and bakery shop in the town. And the only station that would ever come through would be this one country station. And so when I was working there, ever since like, you know, you're five years old, like your dad will bring you in because you think it's fun. And um, I was working there and every song I heard, it was just like, you know, I, I would just, that's the only music I knew at the time. And so you get a little older, you know, you get to high school. And, um, you know, you, you want to try something different. So you kind of branch out, you know, so I did. And I was like listening to punk and rock and all that stuff and um, played a few gigs in a band in high school in bars, which we probably shouldn't have. <laughs> but, um, you know, so but then like once I hit college, it was like um, I knew I couldn't sing the songs that like punk and rock were doing. Like my voice wasn't made for it. And so I was just, I remember sitting down with my guitar and playing Forever and Ever Amen by Randy Travis. And it just like, it's almost like when you just, you know, when you know, you know, and I was like, I knew I was supposed to do this. And so I started um, playing more gigs out, but as a country band. And so like my brothers were in the band and a few other guys, and we just play these bars and I was like, wow, this is, this is working. And so um, I wrote my first two albums first three albums I'm sorry um when I was making barbecue sauce in my family shop because I'd be like left alone in this like room and so I was just like well nobody's in here so I'm just going to start singing and writing and so I uh that's how I wrote the first three albums and then um and then I realized that I I needed to move because I was going down once a month to Nashville and um after so long after you networked for so long like you realize that there's more people that like either want to work with you or they're wondering where you're at and why you're not around all the time. And so I ended up moving down there, um, in 2015 and then, um, yeah, I just kind of, I was doing two, three day rights. um, trying to just get my name in the, my foot in the door and my, like my name heard. And so um, doing all that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, influences Alan Jackson was a big one and there is a big one. And he was always like, um, she's got the rhythm, I got the blues. Um, That was a huge song that was on the radio when I was little, and I always loved that song. And so I remember I was bartending in Nashville at this – I'll give it a shout-out – this pizza restaurant. It's called DeSano's, and it's, like, on the roundabout. So if you're ever in Nashville and you want to look for, like, authentic Italian pizza, this is the place to go. But um, I was bartending there, and I remember this lady came in and with her husband – and they came up and ordered their drinks. And I gave them to them. And I said, Hey, I was like, your husband looks like I mean, he like, does he ever get he looks like Alan Jackson? And she was like, Yeah, he gets that all the time, actually. So I was like, Man, it's crazy. So they like they sit down and she comes back up to get more drinks. And I was like, Seriously, if you slapped a cowboy hat on that guy, like it would look like Alan Jackson. And uh she said, Well, she pulled me aside and she's like, It's because it is Alan Jackson. It was his wife. <laughs> and so I uh, I was like, oh no way! And I've never really fangirled over, like anybody in Nashville, just because you know you don't you're not supposed to. But like Alan Jackson, I was like, I got to get a picture with this guy. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say Alan Jackson, um, Kit Moore has been a big one for me because he's like he gave me my first shot as an opener. Um, Granger Smith um, also great went on tour with him. Um, Eric Church, I mean, there's some there's there's a lot coming out that's right now that's like kind of weird but then there's also really great things um but though i would have to say those for sure garth brooks yeah
1: you were a big uh kitmore podcast brian's huge kitmore big kitmore guy yeah yes big fan yeah. i
0: probably know every single one of his songs he's great man he's like
2: and he's super super nice um i i literally just listened to when i listened to his album when it came out or whatever and there was a song on there and i posted about it and he messaged me and he said dude if you're ever playing in Nashville, let me know um, so I can come out and check it out. Like, he's still down to earth, even though he's at the level that he's at. And so I was just like, I mean, I was blown away by that. I was like, wow, this dude actually remembers me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's, pretty, yeah. that's pretty legit. Not even a, hey, let's yeah. just grab a beer. Like, now, nah, I'll come sit down and, like, come to your show. That's so cool. Yeah. I like that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So, you, you know, you talked about how some of the artists shaped your sound, but did – Growing up in Ohio, changed your sound at all? Was there any Ohio country in your music that you wanted to kind of steer your music towards?
2: Um, not really. I mean, it's all been, it's kind of just been like true to yourself. And so like, I think when I came out with my song, I come from Ohio. That was the frustrating thing because being in Nashville, a lot of the songwriters and artists are from you know, Georgia and Alabama and Louisiana and those places and they all have like a click and they stick together. Um and then I was like the guy from Ohio. Now there's more um since that point. But um I knew I just wanted to like I don't I don't wanna write about something that's not true to me. So I just, you know, wrote about what I knew. And that's what they always tell you in the writer's room. They say write what you know. Um so, I I mean, I don't think there's any Ohio country that really shaped me. I know David Allen Coe grew up like, I don't know, 10 minutes from where I did. But I think that's about it.
0: <laughs> are you in Ohio now or are you down in Nashville?
2: I've been all in Ohio through COVID. Um, yeah, because my fiance's up here. I'm down there. There was really no – there was that whole thing where you couldn't, like, travel. Like, I don't know. It's changing all the time. But, um, you know, you can't go through states and all that stuff. But so I've been up here um, and just like trying to book shows through everything. But uh, I've been having to go back to Nashville like, uh, I don't know, probably five or six times since everything started because I have to finish this new album I have coming out. So, yeah, it's been a weird, weird year.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask how kind of COVID's influenced how you're recording, whether you're recording up here in Ohio or you know, you have to, you know, go through the hassle of splitting between the two.
2: Yeah, I've had to go back to kind of like what I was doing before I moved, where it's like you go down there once a month and just try to get work done and all that. Um, But luckily, last month, I finished up everything on the album. So the album's done. Um, So I haven't had to keep driving back and forth. And I've got a bunch of friends that are, you know, down to do Zoom rights and kind of all that stuff. But It feels like for sure COVID is hitting very close to this area. Like I know, like I just found out today my aunt got it. Um, But, and it was like before it was like, everybody was just joking. Like, oh, this is a real thing. And I was kind of like on that boat. I was like, oh man, this is, everybody's over-exaggerating.
1: But I think it actually for sure is. (laughs) So. Yeah, well, I guess to jump out of the COVID era, you know, the last time we talked to you, you had just put out, drinking claws, um, mm-hmm. definitely a summer jam for everybody. Um, and I saw <clears throat> beginning of last month, um, about seven weeks ago now hit a million streams on Spotify. So first of all, congratulations. That is huge. Thanks, Thanks man. I appreciate that. Yeah. And has kind of crazy. Yeah. It, I, well, I bet, has it changed your career outlook or, you know, the way that you view yourself as an artist? Um,
2: no, I wouldn't say it's changed my outlook. I think it's, uh, I don't know, because especially because it's that song, and that song was like a joke, <laughs> like we wrote yeah. it as a joke, and so, um, but then it's like it's also the song that blew up. So you're kind of like, man, are you kidding me? Um, but it's just kind of like you never really know. I don't like nobody in the industry. I don't think has the right answers. It's just like when it hits, it hits. Um, you know, like Luke Combs. I was talking to a guy in the industry and he was saying everybody in the industry will tell you that they knew Luke Holmes was going to hit a big, but if Luke Holmes walked into the room, like he doesn't look like a country artist, like they would have been like, no, no way. But after it hits, everybody's like, Oh yeah, I would have told you so. So it's just like, nobody knows. It's just whatever happens, happens.
1: Yeah. It's major 2020 hindsight. I mean like everybody's, exactly, the ex- exactly. everybody's at the expert the day after. Exactly. Yep. So since
0: then, I mean, you've put out just in 2020 alone, you've put out six new tracks. So what's, what's it been putting out, you know, I guess walk us through your process of putting out all this new music this past year.
2: Uh, What I really wanted to do was put out one song per month for the whole year. Um, Just so everything's relying on like singles and stuff and just being in front of people like all the time. And because if they, if you're not in front of them, they forget about you. Mm-hmm. And so I started back in January and we are now in yeah November. So I missed October because something happened with production and a song couldn't come out. But we are coming up on song number 10 on Friday. Uh, it's called Aim for Sale. And then I'll have two more that come after that.
0: Do you see singles, you know, you, you talk about putting out all these singles. Do you see singles and EPs kind of overtaking the typical album releases that we've seen?
2: I think so, and it's, it's unfortunate because I'm, I'm a, a kind of an old school guy where, like, I want to listen to an album um, all the way through. Um, and this this album specifically that I'm putting out, like, I actually wrote it in that way where, like, every song kind of just kind of tells the story um, of where I've been and what I'm doing. Um, so it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but you just kind of kind of keep up and play the game.
1: I I actually do have a question to build off of that a little bit. Um, because, you know, you said that you're putting out one song for an entire year or every, you know, one song a month for an entire year. And then there'll be two more that come out on the album release. So, you know, I, I think everyone kind of sees that it's becoming a singles and EP's, Industry, and you even yourself said if you're not in front of people, you know, they forget about you or whatever. But do you think it's important to organize those songs that you put out, even if it's, you know, after the fact? Do you think it's important to still organize them into albums?
2: You know, for me, I think so. Um, because otherwise, I mean, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of albums out that like it's just, you know, a bunch of random songs that they were like, oh, these are hits that they're just gonna throw on one CD. Uh, for me, like I said, like I'm old school and like listening to like stuff like Springsteen and like, you know, uh, Bob Seeger and Dylan and all that stuff. Like they actually like cared about where it was going and what was being put on it. Um, and so that's where I'm at with this album, because it's like I I don't know, I've spent years writing these songs and like some of them are four years old. Some of them are one month old. But like I knew that this was like the song order that I wanted on it. So hopefully people pay attention to um, the order and listen, like just all the way through and not just, I'm going to pick track six. I'm going to pick track two. And then, you know what I mean? Like it, sure. it's, it's, that's important to me for sure.
0: And I think it makes a difference for a listener as well. We were talking about Kit Moore earlier, but you notice on his albums how there's definitely a theme to the music that he puts out. And I think as a listener, sure. you want to see the songs go together not just a hodgepodge of, you know, every song that you put out for the past six years. Right.
2: Yeah. And it, for me, that's that's why he's always been like somebody that I will go to as an influence because he cares. Like, you know, Janie Blue seemed to be like the whole theme for this thing. And he, uh, you know, just I, I don't know, like even if he knew that radio wasn't going to play all the songs of album, he was like, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway, um, which is really unfortunate that I feel like he should be a lot bigger than he is. Not to say that he's not, but
0: just bigger than he is. I think he, he's really successful and he has his his audience. And it's it's not the typical audience that you see at, you know, all these mainstream country artists for sure. concerts. Yeah. But he, he has his crew and they're dedicated and they love everything he puts out and including us here.
2: Yeah, he's got like this underground diehard fan club.
1: Well, exactly, and and about the you know the fan base too, because you've gotten to open with him, and you know it's been some years now. But how did they react to you? The fans. Yeah, so like how you know what Um, was what was it like opening up in front of quote unquote Kip's fans?
2: Well, it was weird because he didn't really, I don't think, had many fans at the time. Like he had just came out with something about a truck. So it was like, I mean, it was just a, Is it that, was Toby Keith's bar in Cincinnati. And so it was just like a bunch of people who had heard this one song on the radio and then like came out to see him play that one song. Um, okay. So it was, yeah, it was weird. It wasn't like, it wasn't his diehard fan club, but I mean, yeah, I'd love to do that because I feel like that's definitely more in the the nook that I'm, that I'm in than, you know, doing something with Luke Bryan. So, so it was your diehard fan club then that was there that night. Well, no, it wasn't even mine either because I had just started, like, I was only a year into it, right? And I just I ran into him at a, uh, I didn't even run into him. I mean, my brother, um, but, uh, he was playing this little tiny bar in Akron, and um, but it was for their like a radio tour. And so we went and saw him, and I walked up to him and I said, Hey, man, like, you know, I know you don't know me. I was like, I'm a huge fan. And, um, but I was like, I, I'm going to open for you one day. And just being like, you know, this is what I want. And so he gave me like one of his CDs, like songs that he had never released. And a lot of them are coming out now, but he's holding on to these songs for, for years. Um, and he said, I'll tell you what, if you ever, or if I ever, if this thing ever pops, like I will definitely hit you up. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, right. Okay. And then somebody a truck hit and it blew up, and then I got the message, or he emailed me, and he said, hey man, this thing popped, would you want to come out and open the show? And so I was like, that's kind of
1: telling of who he is as a person. Wow, that might be one of my favorite stories I've ever heard. Like straight up, like <laughs> well, seriously, he, seriously.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, that's like, so like, and that's the thing for me too. Like I need to know somebody's a good person if I want to listen to their music. I don't know why it's been a weird thing for me, <laughs> but if they, if I read something about them or whatever, like I'll give them a chance. But then if I keep reading more, I'm like, nah, I'd rather just listen to somebody I know is a good person.
0: That's great. Cause what even when you read about who he is and the kind of person he is, you know, people can come out and say like, Oh, he is this way, but, when you find out that he is actually that way and even in his private life and when he's off the stage and outside of the media, he's still that way. And that's, you know, that's what you want to see from an artist that you follow. For sure. Yeah, definitely. um, Going back to, you know, your music though, and the singles that you put out this year, I guess, talk, talk a little, talk a little bit about them. What, uh, what has kind of been received the best amongst your fans?
2: Uh, Um, Oh, that's a good question. I think, I don't know. Like, there's been another shot, has been huge. Um, like, people just like I, it'll blow my mind when I'm playing a show and somebody will yell out another shot because I'm like, wow, you actually really like that <laughs> song. Um, but Stunner was good. Um, I'm trying to think of all of them. There's been a I guess
0: which, which one has also been your favorite.
2: My favorite is the two that haven't been released yet. Oh, and it's the, the the first one is coming out this Friday. That's probably one of my favorite songs I've ever written, and then the second one will come out next month. Um, but yeah, that's I don't know if I can tease this yet, but yeah, the first one is that's aimed great until though, <laughs> Aim for Sale. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, another one of them that you put out, probably, yeah, probably my favorite, I would say, Last House Standing um oh and, thanks man yeah and, the, and there's a, a rumor and feel free to shut this rumor down because uh we can we'll throw a hunter under the bus since he's not with us today we'll throw him under the bus he told me this that this was a song that was written for George Strait is that right yeah, That is a true story wow and you had a hand in writing it
2: yeah well so it wasn't written for him but it was – I was wor- I was writing with one of his writers at his um, manager's, like, company. And we wrote this song. And so they had pitched to George Trait for, I don't know, like a year or something like that. But he never cut it. Um, but that's the song that actually – this is a funny story. That's the song that got me to – it was, like, the CMA Awards, like, after party or something because I was one of the writers on the song that got pitched to him. And then – uh, I was there, but at the Cleveland Indians were in the championship at the time. So, like, everybody's mingling, and I'm literally at Loser's Bar in Nashville, like, watching the TV, <laughs> like, to watch the game. And nobody else is in the bar. I'm running around, like, you know, when they hit a home run, I'm running around like an idiot. And I look over, and the only other person at the bar is uh, Kid Rock. He's sitting at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll never forget that. But that song always, like, reminds me of that. But, yeah, no, it's a true story.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'll be honest, like, when I heard that, and I listened to the song, I'm like, yeah, I could. This sounds like a George Strait song. Um, And I mean that with with the most with the utmost respect. And, you know, did it? Because it's been pitched to George Strait, and you know that, you know, it quote, unquote, for him, you know, did that affect the way that you recorded the song? Or did it even maybe put some extra pressure on your shoulders?
2: Didn't affect how I recorded it, but it did put pressure on my shoulders. Cause like when you're doing something, actually, you know what? No, I'm sorry. It didn't affect, sorry. What was the word? <laughs> I didn't have pressure and I didn't expect anything, but I know that like, I just wanted to go in and record a good vocal and all that stuff because I just honestly, like when you're doing that, like you just want to, get people's attention of like what you're doing but i didn't find out until after the fact that it was being pitched to george Strait. so i didn't have pressure on my shoulders in that aspect but i had pressure on my shoulders just like trying to be great for this company
0: well another one of our favorites here is the other guy and that was completely written by you and it's a very clever song so i guess where did the inspiration and the lyrics come from for uh the other guy
2: well, the other guy actually was, it's like one of the songs on the album that I didn't write. Um, it was a song written by Ian Christian, Hunter Leith, and there's two other writers. I hope they're listening. They forgive me. But I, um, I was actually going over to write with Ian um, about a year before this song came out. And I had, um, I had, like smashed my hand at something. And one of the other writers in the room said, He's like, oh, man, what happened to your knuckles? You get in a fight? And I said, oh, you should see the other guy. <laughs> yeah,
1: Dad joke of the year. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. But Ian actually said, I just wrote the song The Other Guy the other day. And so uh, we finished our right and he played it for me. And I said, dude, I have to cut that song. And he said, well, it's being pitched to like four or five artists right now. And uh, they never cut it. So a year later, I texted him, and I said, hey, man, did anybody ever cut The Other Guy? And he said no. I was like, "Wow, well, I'd love to cut that song." So he said, "Yeah, it's all yours." So that's how that happened.
1: Well, Spotify failed us on that one. <laughs> Spotify's giving you the credit for that one in itself. I was looking up the credits before, and that's why we—that's uh, why we handed that one out to you. Apologize to the writers on that one. Oh no,
2: yeah, you're good. No, it's Ian Christian, Hunter Leith, and then there's two others. Which I apologize if they're listening.
1: No, well, serious props to them on that. That's a, that's a really clever song. Um, it's Hunter, a great Hunter, great song isn't it yeah i mean hunters also our lyrics guy so he's he's missing out on that one but um he threw that one in there for us yeah
0: so um, another another question that we all i always like to ask guys is who are you listening to right now um outside of your own music of course
2: um <clears throat> outside of my own
0: is there yeah, anyone uh, in Nashville that uh, we should check out?
2: You know, I love the um, the new Brothers Osborne album; is really good. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to that yet, oh yeah. Um, but honestly, I'm not I'm not really sure. <laughs> there's nobody that's like really. I mean, I hate to say this because everybody, if anybody listens to this in Nashville, but I there's nobody really I think that's like getting me excited about like kind of what they're doing. Um, i'm not sure who are you guys listening to like who should i be listening to
1: <laughs> oh we got a we got a, a laundry list i'm sure give you there i mean <laughs> how much time do you have yeah well yeah you know to, give, me, give me give me five well the tailor some specifically for you especially for traditional fans cody johnson and randall king out of texas these i oh, mean yeah. yeah cody johnson's my yeah. favorite artist like of all time and yeah, i gotta say He's he's one that's really you know taken it in stride, uh, and then Randall King um, is really following in his footsteps as well. I think. Nice. Okay.
2: I was always a big Randy Rogers fan.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, my fiance loves Randy Rogers. Loves his wife too. Yeah. Buys a lot of her uh, boutique clothing. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Brian, who's on your playlist.
0: Uh, All right. I love the new Chris Stapleton album not sure if you got a chance to listen to that i haven't i believe i have it on vinyl and i haven't listened to
2: it (laughs) so i'll have to i'm gonna sit down and do that
0: yes that's um i think i've kind of had that on repeat and then a friend of the podcast that we just had on last week manny blue
1: oh manny blue man absolutely yeah yeah okay definitely he's he's from uh he's from canada actually he's He's making some strides here. Um, now, I'll give one more shout out to somebody who was actually on our podcast a little while ago. Brian, we talked to um, He just put out his record today. Uh, his name's Bo Armstrong. Um, and, Mark, I think you'd really appreciate oh, it. Yeah. Bo. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He and I are good buddies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Did you Have you gotten a chance to listen yeah. to his new record?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He sent it to me like, I don't know, like yeah, eight or say, nine months ago. De- definitely not but. new
1: to you. Yeah. We love it.
2: Dude, he's so – not like, he's, he's one of my favorites. He sent me a – just, like, literally this past week, he sent me, a uh, like, a signed copy of the vinyl, and he said, like, something about, like, you know, I appreciate your friendship. But he's, like, one of the greatest guys. And one of the guys I was so blessed to actually meet and just write with and become friends with um, while he's married and while he, you know, has a kid and he coaches hockey and all that
1: stuff. Like, he is,
2: like, one of my favorite people in Nashville for sure.
1: Yeah. He's, he's a cool dude. And that, that record is just pristine. It is just pristine. So good. So yeah. Um, Well, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll jump back on, on your train. What's next for you. So you talked about those songs coming out. You talked about the album coming out. Well, you know, the rest of the album coming out here soon, but do you have anything, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit, is there anything currently in the works? So, the
2: album coming out will come out and I mean, it'll be done and out in I'm assuming January. Cause it's, that'll be one year, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I get married this next year in June. And so like, after that, like, I'm going to, I'll still be writing my stuff, but then after that, me and my fiance, we work on kids and, and all that. So I think I'll probably focus on that. Cause this will be number one, two. this will be album number seven for me. Um, so I, I'll probably just like maybe take like a little step back for 2021 um and focus on that and then get back into it not like playing shows wise but like recording wise uh, for 2022 um if that makes sense I don't know. yeah
1: no that's that's exciting um i mean a, a really early congratulations on oh, all man. of that actually and i'm you know yeah. We'll... I'm very, I'm, yeah i'm very excited about it as you should be yeah Definitely. Um, well, before we uh, before we cut you loose for the rest of the night, um, you know, everyone here has definitely heard your music. But before, but you know, take a chance to or take take a minute to tell everyone where they can find you on social media, on streaming, and then go ahead and tease uh, those uh, upcoming songs here uh, in in the next couple of months. Here, one more time.
2: right. Yeah. My name is Mark Leach. Y'all can check me out at uh, Instagram at Mark Leach music. My Facebook is facebook.com Mark Leach music slash Mark Leach music and Twitter at Mark Leach music. Um, I've got a song coming out this Friday, um, black Friday called ain't for sale, which I thought was appropriate for this Friday. (laughs) And then um, uh, two songs coming out next month, hopefully. And the one song is the title of the album. So I don't want to tease that yet, but the other one is called break my own heart, um, which I wrote with uh, Jimmy Allen's producer. So it should be good.
1: Oh, that all sounds like really good stuff, man. And um, you know, once again, thanks for, thanks for hanging out with us today and joining us again. um, Being our, being another recurring guest here. Uh, We love having you on. You're welcome on anytime. And uh, we'll have to get you on again. Once those other tracks come on out.
2: Yes, please, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Mark.